Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Back here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, October 20th, 2022. Graham G. S. Matthews, as always, joined by the one, the only, the illustrious Mr. Marceau. Brother, how you doing? Doing peachy, you? Doing wonderful. We're actually recording on Wednesday, and we have the luxury of doing so, which we've done before. I mean, this is nothing new to us, but uh, we can actually record on Wednesday and still talk about Dynamite because we had a Tuesday night Dynamite this week, the first time that we've had the... Uh, Tuesday night skirmish, if you want to call it that, between NXT and Dynamite in about a year and a half since April of 2021. To kind of bring back memories for you of having to flip through the channels, of having to watch both shows, or was it like... Because for me, I was actually originally planning on watching both at the same time, which sounds ridiculous, I know, especially as someone like... I, I try to watch as intently as I can to review it, talk about it, whatever, and I was going to do that, but then I'm like, fuck it, I'm just going to watch Dynamite, and then I was going to watch NXT right afterward, and I had to wait until today to watch it. Um, but still, it was, uh, it, it honestly did not make me long for those days of having to flip back and forth and watching one show and then the other and then watching four hours of wrestling in the same night. Yeah, I just, uh, I taped and, uh, Dynamite and then I watched most of NXT live and then I was flipping between that and the, uh, Celtics game. Celtics were on last night as well, so ah. I was flipping back between that and then I did, ca- like, if it was a commercial on both, I kind of, like, flipped over and saw, I saw the MGF thing and then, uh. I saw Hangman die, so I didn't really see anything like live. I waited to watch that after uh, NXT, but yeah, I just kind of taped one, and then, like I said, I did flip through a couple times and caught some stuff on on Dynamite. But I mean, it's I mean, I it's 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 nice that like if that there is DVR, and I'll just stay off of um, uh, Twitter. Stay off Twitter, yeah. If you stay off Twitter, you'll be fine. I mean, obviously, like, people, we, we communicate now, like, if we're, which one we're watching. So <laughs> yeah. It's so sad, but it's like, I'll that be, like, funny. watching live, and you'll be like, no. I'm like, okay, so just in case, like, yeah. if something pisses me off, I just won't text you. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just kind of taped one, and then after the fact, I just watched Dynamite, and then. It's just, it wins record is so much easier to skip through the commercials and the shit that I don't even want to watch, so. Oh, yeah, especially with Raw. I mean, I mean, Raw's been a much better show under the Triple H regime, but we started watching maybe at, like, 8.45. I forgot what we were watching on Monday, but we, we started at, or She-Hulk, I told you. We were watching She-Hulk at that point, a couple days late. So we started Raw late, and even by starting it late by skipping through the commercials and the recaps and even some of the entrances, I don't really care about that sort of stuff. We were still able to catch up live by like 10, 15, 10, 20. So, I mean, that's, if I can start by like 9, usually I can still catch up live by that point, which is great. And I can end it on time. And it's a three-hour show. It's long. But I thought this week's show was solid. I thought Dynamite was great. I thought NXT was very good. And we're also going to talk Halloween Havoc coming up on Saturday as well. 
full preview and predictions for that show on Saturday night. Before any of that, though, new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean. You can rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. And I say Thursday, but last week we did it on Friday, which was a nice nice breath of fresh air. And then we're doing it on Friday next week, as I told you a couple days ago. I'll be in California for Disneyland next week on Thursday. You'll be in Disney World in a couple of weeks. So when are you going in? What are the exact dates on that? Are you going for a full week? Yeah, I'll be down there. The f- I get down there like late on the fifth, so it's a Saturday. I think I leave early on the twelfth, so it's like basically for like actual days, it'll be Sunday through. I count Sunday through Friday. Damn, so I'm flying solo that week then without you. Basically, yeah. Unless, unless you, you are- unless you're talking to me on your way to Disney World that morning. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Molly be pissed? <laughs> <laughs> me in the sky like what's going on hey molly go wait in line for space mountain i'll be on the phone of the gsm over here in the fast pass lane or whatever <laughs> i can only imagine how that would go over but uh no no there's a lot going on and like we've talked about before i'm very excited for survivor series weekend we will both be at that for sure obviously because we're staying at the marso compound i already sent you my invoice or uh, you already sent me your invoice and we've got our confirmation book for the marso compound the marso inn over survivor series weekend in boston um, I'm still thinking of leaning towards going to the Taker show, but if you want to go to SmackDown, you can. We might go to SmackDown. I don't know. I did see, though, they announced all the dates, or PW Insider did, of all the SmackDowns that Roman's going to be at. He is booked for Survivor Series, which is, I mean, we kind of figured that, um, but it wasn't confirmed until, you know, I saw that. Because there's a very good chance he couldn't have been there because he misses a lot of pay-per-views now, and it's not like, misses a lot of shows now, and it's not as if, you know, he's above being at, you know, Survivor Series. Survivor Series means nothing. So he could have very well have missed that show, and he's not, which is good. I did notice, though, he's going to be at the SmackDown that I will definitely be at in Hartford the week before the SmackDown in Providence. So he won't be at that show, which is weird that he wouldn't be at the go-home show. But just a heads up. But we will see him at Survivor Series, which I am looking forward to. But on that note... at the go-home show or no? He is not at the go-home show. He's at the week before. So no Roman Reigns in Providence. But we'll see him in Boston, though. He'll be at Survivor Series, so we'll definitely see him then. Um, He'll be at the show that I'll be at, though, a week and a half earlier. But on that note, though, I do want to ask you about that. Pay-per-view shakeup seemingly coming per Brian Alvarez from uh, Wrestling Observer Radio from uh, Sunday. First, it was uh, Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics.com that broke the news. Day one is no more. Day one is officially day zero, or insert your dumb joke here. Uh, No more day one after only a year. I know there were rumblings. of um, the show being rescheduled because it falls on a Sunday. I mean, that doesn't really matter, but um, it had more to do, I think, with, what is it, basketball games, Mr. Marceau, or what's going on that week? Or football games, right? Or something, right? Yeah, it's New Year's football. Okay, well, is there New Year's football and New Year's Day? I always remember Thanksgiving football and Christmas Day. I didn't know there was football on, uh, on the ho- on like a New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Yeah, I think uh, usually the college football has their bowl game, like their big bowl games that day, and then the NFL, I believe, this year is playing that weekend. And I know they're playing Christmas Christmas on Sunday this year, right? No, um, yes, it is actually. Yes, it is. Yeah, so like the NFL has games that Sunday, and then um, let me take a map. I'm gonna yeah. So the fuck, I got my schedule pulled up. Don't worry. (laughs) Yeah, so it looks like they have. So they have. Couple games on Sunday. Most of them would be Saturday, and then the week after is uh, 
January 1st of Sunday, yeah. So they have all their Sunday games. I mean, I think pretty sure college football, like I said, they usually have like their big bowl games on Sunday. On that day, maybe they'll move it to the Monday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most people don't have to work on Monday, but we'll see. But, yeah, I mean, they go against NFL and then, I mean, college football as well. Like, they're the big bowl games. Playoff, I think the playoff games will be those days too. So I haven't checked their schedule. And then, like, hockey usually has, like, a big thing on New Year's. So, I mean – I would say it's a, it would probably take a beating. On that same note, while we're talking about it, we were texting about it last night. You obviously know far more about it than I do. Uh, AEW, on an unrelated note to WWE, we'll get back to that in a second, announced last night Final Battle coming back with Ring of Honor on Saturday, December 11th, I think it is, or 12th, whatever that Saturday is. And uh, it's going to be at 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. Eastern time. And I think Tony Schiavone, unless I misheard him, said it was going to be Heisman Saturday, which I know no idea about. Obviously, you do. You were texting me about it. Can you clear up why it's silly that they would do a show on a Saturday afternoon with the whole Heisman stuff? Yeah, because the Heisman Trophy thing is like from 7 to 8. It's like an hour-long thing. And they just like, it's I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's literally like they go to, they show, it's in New York City. They show like the three guys that are nominated. They show like, video packages and now all the guys talk and then at eight o'clock they say graham gsm matthews won the heisman and then we move on <laughs> so it's from seven to eight you said so why couldn't yeah, they just did the show eight, eight? eight to nine it's not it's not like it's a long thing it's not like it's going against a game like when they kept saying heisman saturday i was just like most of these people probably have no idea what the heisman is. like it's not like it's a whole day event like it's literally like an hour long it's like a it's like a small award show and like i said and it's like an hour long show I'm curious why it had to be that. I'm sure there's reasons for it, but I'm curious why it had to be that Saturday and not like the following week or the week before or like why it had to be that Saturday and not on like a Sunday. I know they're very high on doing Saturday shows with uh, with Ring of Honor. I know their last show that we were at was a Saturday too. AEW's pay-per-views fall on a Sunday, so it's weird how their schedule works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see, pal, but I look forward to that. But like I said, with the WWE pay-per-views, day one is no more. And per Alvarez, they're going to be switching up the pay-per-view schedule. They were considering it pretty significantly come 2023 with more international shows, he said, and less gimmick shows. Now, obviously, seeing is believing. Nothing is official until they say so. Um, Case in point, they have said nothing about day one. And I don't think tickets are on sale yet. But when they don't go on sale, that pretty much confirms they're not doing the show that day. And that was inevitable just because they wanted to hold that on January 1st every year. Okay, cool. It's on a Sunday this coming year, although they like to do Saturday shows, whatever. The following year in 2024, it would be on a Monday. You're going to replace Raw with a fucking pay-per-view? Like, that wasn't going to work. So, I'm fine with that. Uh, no day one is cool with me. When I hear less gimmick shows, that's get that gets me excited. No hell in the cell. No extreme rules, hopefully. I honestly would get rid of Elimination Chamber. I've seen people say, oh, it's a great... You know, road to WrestleMania pit stop on the road to WrestleMania right before the show. I, I, I've always disagreed. I've told you this before. Elimination Chamber, you could not sit there and tell me this installment of Elimination Chamber was a great show. Extreme Rules has had some good ones. I thought this year's show was good. Hell in the Cell this year, that was a good show. But for the most part, a lot of these pay-per-views aren't overly memorable because they don't need their own pay-per-view. Bring back Elimination Chamber when it matters. Bring back... You know, Extreme Rules matches, which I thought, again, they made the most of the concept this year. Hell in the Cell, though. Get fucking rid of it, unless it actually means something, and they've done that over the years, like with Rollins and Edge last year. Don't bring it back until it means something. 
Yeah, so I'm honestly very optimistic about this. I don't know if that means less pay-per-views. I don't think they're going to four or five a year like AEW, but I do think less pay-per-views would be a positive, along with uh, kind of focusing in, all right, what shows do we have to do, what shows are we going to do, and what shows do we want to bring back, if any? Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea. I mean, I think what they should do and what they might do is just, instead of having more pay-per-views, just like have better matches on Raw and SmackDown. Yep. Like, Yep. People were saying, perfect examples, like when SmackDown, instead of when they, when they didn't have day one, like the new year, like they would have like that wild card show. Or Love that. That was honestly one of my favorite episodes of SmackDown in probably the last 10 years, I agree. And do like more of that stuff. Like, I don't think everyone, every show needs like a, like every big show needs a name like AEW does. Like they like give those like Quake in the Lake and Rumble in the Jungle and all that dumbness. I don't even know. They change their fucking name every week. So I don't think you need to go to that extreme, but, uh. I mean, definitely have bigger match instead of having a pay per view, just to make have those big matches on Raw and SmackDown, like respectfully, and you probably just have a better show overall and make the show more must see. Kind of um, following the uh, NXT formula, I mean, they do what NXT does, but like they don't do special shows every week. They do once a month, and then on the shows where they, you know, on on the months where they have takeovers or live events, they don't or live specials, they don't do a special episode of NXT. I think that's the way to go, like Great American Bash and Heat Wave and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. I mean, like I said, it makes the show more, like, have if it has bigger stakes and has bigger matches. I mean, I think, like I said, Raw's been better lately, but if you have, instead of having extreme rules and you have maybe, like, a couple title matches on Raw that have a good story and stuff like that, I mean, it, it just, it should just get more interest overall. So, I'm, I'm down for that. Less gimmick shows, like you said. I think we've been saying this, how long have we been on the air for? Like, eight years? <laughs> every <laughs> single year since then, eight years. I think this has been a topic every year when we get, like, an underwhelming Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber TLC show. So, I mean, I think anyone with a brain on their head or in their head has been saying this for years that they need to get rid of the gimmick shows because it just – it's not special when, oh, it's February. Pull the Elimination Chamber out of the uh, vault. Oh, it's July. Pull out, even Money in the Bank. Like, up oh, July. Money in the bank time, baby. Up oh, this month, it's it's uh, hell in a cell. Like, and it's just like the story. It's just I feel like they force the stipulation. It's just it's not. That's not what the stipulation's meant for. Mm-hmm. Stipulation's meant for the blow off or this certain kind of interference has led to this stipulation. Like, they just just do it just because it's that time of the month. So, I I, I I I'm way more down for the less gimmicks and like getting a hell in a cell match when it matters. And you could put it on like a SummerSlam or. Royal Rumble or one of those other shows, you can put that match on there if the story makes sense. It's not like, oh, it's that month, so we're going to do it. And I, I've, I've seen people say, and I agree too, I, I think honestly you should just put Money in the Bank back at WrestleMania. I I, I, I think the pay-per-view probably does well just because it is an interesting concept, but besides those matches, I feel like those pay-per-views, for the most part, haven't been overly exciting. So I will, originally I disagreed with getting rid of Money in the Bank as its own show. I will say I will disagree with that last point. I think there's been a lot of great money in the bank pay per views. I thought this year was a good show, but like the 2011 one, I can go down the list. But other than that, though, I do agree on pretty much everything you said. As far as money in the bank goes, and I wrote a whole article about this for Bleacher Report today. As far as like what I would do for the schedule, because you have to remember too, we could say, oh, bring back this or that, and well, I'll ask you about that in a second. But you also have to remember, in addition to the big four, which aren't going anywhere, and I don't think they should. Um, you got to do the two Saudi shows too. I mean, they're they yep. they have to. I mean, that's not that's not changing. Contracted, yeah. Yeah, they're contracted for for several more years. So, 
I don't know if the day of the like what month they do them in matters. I mean, I know they did that. They did that first Saudi show in April of 2018. The rest of them, I think, have usually been in February. Um, Elimination Chamber last year was in February. Crown Jewels usually been either in October or November. It's going to be in November again this year. We'll see how that does. Obviously, uh, you have to remember those aren't going anywhere. I mean, could they change one to Halloween Havoc or something? I guess. Are you going to do Halloween Havoc in Saudi Arabia where they give a shit? Probably not. Um, I don't know. So you got to remember that. But as far as Money in the Bank goes, I will mention that real quick. I agree because I originally was always of the idea, keep it as its own show. It's it's established enough. It's, it's probably the only gimmick show that's actually good usually. But my biggest problem was now that we have women's and men's Money in the Bank ladder matches, you're not going to do two ladder matches on the same show. That's different now, though, because we have two nights of WrestleMania. You could do one men's match on, on one night and the women's match on the other night. And I think that can also get rid of the stupid Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. What a fucking mouthful that is. I mean, I don't know if Triple H wants to continue to honor Andre in some way, but that's always been a dumb, pointless Battle Royal. Maybe he'll continue to do it with stakes. Who knows? But what do you think about that, doing one ladder match on one night and the other one on the other night? I like that idea. I think it works perfectly. It gets everyone on the show too, so I, I think that's cool. Um, but again, you look at—I I won't go my through my full pay-per-view blow-up schedule as far as what I would do. I think less shows is the way to go, though. I don't think we need one in early January. I think doing no show in December is smart. There's no reason to have a show in December. No one really gives a shit about wrestling in December anyway. The TLC pay-per-views never really did that well. Um, as far as just interest and buy rates and stuff like that. So I wouldn't even do those, though we haven't gotten that in years anyway. We haven't gotten one since 2020. Um, the Rumble you keep. The Saudi show, I guess, do you do it before Mania, I suppose? Is it Chamber? I say no, but whatever. Uh, you have Mania, obviously. Backlash you can do if you want. Uh, you know, I would still say, I've always said this, bring back King of the Ring as its own show. I'm not the only one to say that. I'm sure I'm like the last person to say it as far as it's it's been pitched many, many times over the years, but not exactly an unpopular opinion. But bring back King of the Ring as its own show. You know, we mentioned before and we, we talked about it. No Mercy, Unforgiven, probably not Judgment Day for obvious reasons. But, you know, in, in NXT, you know, they already have Halloween Havoc, Great American Bash. Could they bring those back to the main roster? Sure. I mean, they're bringing war games to the main roster. So, I mean, you could always uh, make it its own show on the main roster. But uh, what are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, I had someone in, uh, you know, respond to me the other day saying, I would rather they do new stuff. It's like, well, no fucking shit. But I mean, they do new stuff and it sucks. And there's no reason why you can't mix the old with the new and mix nostalgia with new stuff. That's what NXT does. Fucking AEW does that all the time. You want to talk about, oh, let's do something new. AEW, you take something from WCW every fucking week. So give me a break. Um, But what are your thoughts on as far as bringing old shows back, what you would want to see return to the WWE pay-per-view schedule? No, yeah, I, I think a little mixture of old and new never hurt. I mean, I don't want great balls of fire again. So <laughs> it was actually a good show. I told someone that the other day, but uh, yeah, the name sucked though. The name was awful. So I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think the, like, I think I saw in the report there that King of the Ring was going to be one of the returning cave views, which I think really I didn't know that. Is that true? No, that was in the report. I didn't read the report. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it said. The two Saudi shows, the Big Four, King of the Ring, and like a international show. So like another Clash or something. Yeah, so like maybe Clash. You could do it in Canada. I mean, you could do anything realistically. But yeah, so I mean, I'm down for that. I think I saw some people said. I think even you said like Cyber Sunday was always a good one. I mean, you could do Raw as like Cyber Sunday, or like do that as like a 
a, a voting show. I think that was always a fun show. Yeah. Um, you have Twitter so now, I, social I media. Yeah. Do, I mean, realistically, looking at it as like the palette, like you have Royal Rumble in January. Yep. February, you'd have to do a Saudi show, whatever. But like, obviously, depending on when you do it, I'd probably do it probably closer to middle of February. I agree. I would also call it No Way Out, by the way. I think Elimination Chamber is just lazy, but that's just me. Then April. It depends on the, wherever the WrestleMania falls. If it's, if it's April 2nd or whatever the fuck, or March 31st, yep. I still do it in March. So don't do one in March. Then you have the WrestleMania. May you do Backlash, I guess. You don't even, I don't even, I would say you don't even need that though. I know we, I, I like Backlash, but like if, if what you said is true and the report said four big four original shows, two Saudi, one King of the Ring, that brings it up to seven shows. That's five months where you don't need a pay-per-view. I think May can be one of those months where you don't have a show. Yeah, so then I guess you don't do May. June can be King of the Ring. I just have a schedule in front of me, so (laughs) I got to pull it up. So Roy Rumble do January, February, mid to late February, you do the Saudi show, nothing in March, uh, unless WrestleMania is the end of March and early April. So then you got that. May, you don't do a show. June, you do... I would say mid-June, you do King of the Ring. Yep. End of July, you do SummerSlam. End of August, September, early September, you do the um, international show, like Clash of, the, Clash of Castle, whatever. October, you do the other Saudi show. And then November, you do Survivor Series. Yeah. So I don't know. I just listen right there, but that's what I do. And then December, you don't do anything. Like I said, if you, maybe you like... You said maybe like one of the Raws or SmackDowns, you just do like the Cyber Sunday concept, you do it on Raw and SmackDown or whatever. You don't need to do an actual pay per view. Because I think that is a cool idea that people like. Yeah, especially now with the rise of social media. That was is how many shows I said. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight. Yeah. So yeah. The Saudi shows you can't get out of. Realistically, I would probably just only do one Saudi show, but. They're contracted. I can't change that, folks. <laughs> yeah, they already made the deal with the prince, so you can't change that. But uh, you know, I, I thought Clash was great. So I think going back over there once a year for a Clash show, or you know, I I would say because I hear you said international pay per view in addition to everything else, which brings it up to eight, which is what you said. I would just make the international show one of the big four. So like for example, I know. You know, we're not going to love to hear that because I like going to these shows. You like going to these shows. If they're in London, we're probably not going to be able to go. But if they could do a SummerSlam in London or whatever or in the UK, I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. It would save you from doing another show over there the next month. But otherwise, I, I completely agree with that lineup, though. I think that's a great lineup. And uh, I think less is more. Triple H did that in NXT. They're doing that in NXT now. AEW does that. Uh, beyond that, though, I do like that approach. Less is more. I'm hoping they take more of that approach going forward. And we'll see uh, how it kind of shakes out when we find out about what shows are happening when in the coming months. Let's talk about Raw, though. It was kind of a step back from last week's very newsworthy season premiere. Um, A good show, kind of boring at certain points, but uh, not completely uneventful because we did have two returns. One of that we we knew of, that being Elias, uh, back on Monday night. Not exactly doing much of note, but... You know, he was back, uh, got involved in the United States Championship main event, won by Seth Rollins, who was still the champion, and the return of Baron Corbin with JBL as his manager. So we'll get to the Elias Riddle, Ali stuff, Rollins stuff later, that whole mix over the United States Championship in a little bit. Um, but I do want to talk about Baron Corbin first, and it, it seems weird to start off with a Raw review talking about Baron Corbin. But I'm going to be honest, dude, I actually really like this, and I've always liked Baron Corbin, but I've always said he's always been miscast, and like he's made the most of every gimmick he's had. 
But, like, the Happy Corbin shit got old very quickly. The King Corbin stuff got old very quickly. Constable Corbin got old very quickly. So I'm hoping this has more shelf life. He's more of himself. He's back to being Baron Corbin. JBL's his manager. Don't know how long it's going to last. I love that pairing, though. I feel like Corbin, for better or for worse, is a modern-day JBL. Will he be world champion? Probably not, nor should he be, I don't think, but... Um, at this point, but I think that's a great pairing, can help him get him more heat than he already has, he can go in the ring as we know, we saw that in the match with Dolph, how far is this really going to take Baron, I don't know, but a fresh coat of paint never hurts anyone, so I think this is honestly a positive in my opinion. Yeah, I thought this was a good like re-debut or re-emergence, I mean, I like JBL, like you said, I think he can get more heat for Corbin, which is great, I mean, we knew this is the kind of direction they're going in because on SmackDown, he got in JBL's limo. So, yeah. I mean, not that it was too surprising, but I think it's a nice, like you said, it's a nice look, nice new can of paint uh, for Corbin. Like I said, JBL's a heat magnet anyways. I thought, like, his promo and then everything on commentary was hilarious and just, like, perfect way to get more heat for him. Um, the only, I don't know if it's a negative, but I really wish, like, in his reemergence, he just killed Ziggler. Like, Ziggler means nothing. So, like, him having, like... I agree. Deep- Competitive match with Ziggler, it's like, okay, are they gonna push him? <laughs> or <is this> gonna <laughs> I mean, not that you should take everything, everything that happens, like, oh, they're not pushing him if he doesn't like kill Ziggler. But I don't know. I feel like you should just crush Ziggler and like got him over. I was like this bad, badass. Like JBL's calling a wrestling guy. It took him twenty minutes to beat Dolph Ziggler. No, they have zero plans for. So that's the only kind of takeaway. I, like the only thing I would have changed, I would have had a more dominant, decisive win against Ziggler. But besides that, I like the repackaging and being with, with, with JBL is good. Yeah, I think it's a good pairing. I think I agree. I do think it should have been more of a straightforward squash. And I also like the fact they acknowledged, hey, this is a trade. I think it's cool they acknowledge, listen, Ray's on SmackDown now, Corbin's on Raw, and that's why he's here. Not that they've given a shit about the brand split so far. Since Triple H has taken over, it's actually been worse off. Um, but I do like the attention to detail. And, um... Yeah, again, how far does he go? Will he be main eventing? Probably not. He's main evented pay-per-views before. Nothing anyone really cared. So I, I wouldn't go that far. Um, selfishly, I was hoping for, like, the lone wolf Corbin. I mean, the long hair is gone, obviously. But, you know, bring back the old music. NXT Corbin, I think, was the best Corbin that we've ever seen in this company. But this is an improvement over everything he's done for the last three years. The in-ring work has never been a problem. It's always been the character stuff and the feuds he's been having. They've largely been awful. Um, but I think this is a step in the right direction, so we'll see where they go with it. Um, I do want to mention the Ray thing real quick, not from Raw, but, you know, we don't typically talk SmackDown here. What were your thoughts on Ray joining SmackDown and becoming the number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship? Because I thought it was a great move to kind of... We were talking last week, we cannot have Dominic and Ray feuding for six months. I didn't even think about this, because, again, they don't give a shit about the brand split usually. But they're putting Ray on SmackDown, separating the two, probably till the Rumble. I know you said last week even two more months of this shit would be too much, but that might be what we're having to deal with. But that's better than six months. And I think what they did to prolong that program until Mania was the best way to go. Yeah, I completely agree. Ray coming to SmackDown. Like, once he, like, sh- they showed him and it was, like, him and Triple H, it's like, I'm going to retire. I'm like, no, you're just going to go to SmackDown, yeah. and, you know, Dominic, which is great. So, yeah, I think this is good for him. Split him away from Dominic. We don't have to get that for another two months until Royal Rumble, so I mean, realistically, what's going to happen, someone will eliminate someone at Royal Rumble, they'll continue a feud from there, and we'll get at WrestleMania, but I mean, it's better than him and him on Raw, so I think this is a positive all the way around, and then Dominic can kind of branch away from Ray and kind of the Judgment Day to do their own thing and not deal with Ray. Not to mention him and Gunther at some point for the Intercontinental Championship is going to be great. 
Yeah, it should be a good match. I mean, Ray's going to die, but uh, <laughs> I think it's a match. <laughs> Come on, Ray going for that 619 in midair and getting shopped in midair from Walter is going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, I mean. That should be good. It, 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 I, I think, yeah, I mean, I love Ray, so like I said, I, I, I think I like, I've liked what they've done with Dominic as well, so I think it's, it's a good trade-off. Yeah, it's a really good trade-off, and I think Dominic has done better off since he's joined Judgment Day. Surprisingly, we were sitting here calling the damage good for the longest time, and they, uh, you know, they've not—they're not a golden group by any means, but they're far better off now than they were even a month or two ago, which is good to say. So, I like that as well. Um, also, any thoughts on Bray Wyatt's comeback on SmackDown as far as what he had in store and the whole promo, which I thought was great, and uh, him apparently feuding with himself, maybe like the sinister side to himself or whatever. Yeah, I thought the promo was great. I mean, when he was talking, I immediately thought of Alexis, honestly. (laughs) Oh, trust me, she did too. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, I just like the story that you told and like that kind of interaction. That's like one of the first things I thought of. I thought it was good, though. I mean, I'm very interested to see where it goes next. Like, is he going to actually feud with himself or is it someone else? Like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was a perfect promo and we kind of got more like Wyndham Rotunda there and. I mean, people are just spe- speculation over speculation. Like, I guess that's the one positive I'll take out of it, too. It's like no one really knows where it's going. So everyone's taking every little thing and, like, putting it on our magnifying glass, but it could possibly be nothing close to what we've been thinking of. So it's buzzworthy, and I, I thought it was a really good promo. So in a great way to end SmackDown. I thought, it, I thought it was a solid show to begin with, and the ending was perfect. You know SmackDown's becoming a better show when you're staying up to watch it live. That speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, even just watching in general. I usually I wouldn't even watch SmackDown. Now I'm just, if I have nothing to do, that's what my plan is. So, And I've even watching taped. I usually I wouldn't even watch it if I taped it normally. I just kind of skip through the YouTube clips and kind of pick out what looked good. But no, I I, I really enjoyed SmackDown lately. Like, like, obviously, I went, and I just feel like the direction's been better. Yeah. Papa um, Marceau catch any of it, and did he enjoy it? Yeah, he watched it. Uh, he literally was watching it before Raw. Like, he would watch SmackDown <laughs> Or Raw, and then I could hear him turning Raw on, like, after he finished watching SmackDown, so. That's great. Hey, the product's better now. It's much more enjoyable to be a fan of the moment, so that's great to hear. Um, yeah, that's SmackDown in a nutshell. I thought it was the better brand of the two in the last week. But again, from Raw as well, not a completely uh, dull show. I mentioned Dominic beating, you know, he was there beating AJ Styles. I'm not too high on that. Uh, we did have the continuation of Bobby and Brock at the beginning of the show. I thought the way they opened the show with Bobby already talking, calling out Brock, Brock coming out, the two brawling very briefly, Bobby putting him through a table, that spear through the barricade looked great. Um, short, sweet, straight to the point, setting up the match for Crown Jewel. I thought that was perfect. Yeah, I thought it was a great way to start off Raw. Like you said, he's already talking, Lesnar comes out, get action right away, build right to Crown Jewel. I mean, I thought it was the perfect way to start the show, honestly. Who wins that match? I think we talked about it last week, but who do you think wins a crown jewel between Bro- uh, Bobby and Brock? I think Brock's got to win. I mean, he's lost a ton lately. Yeah. I like Bobby, but, I mean, if you keep if Brock keeps losing, it just won't mean anything. It will eventually stop meaning anything, so I, I, I think he needs to win here. Yeah, I think Bobby's in a spot now, too, where he can endure the loss and he's okay, so I honestly don't have an issue with that as much now as they would have a year or two ago, so I'm okay with that. Uh, the other big story from Raw being around the United States Championship. The United States title is now like the WWE title of Raw. And it already kind of was. I mean, Bobby had a great reign as well, and Bobby defended it in the main event of Raw several times. Uh, But with Roman Reigns being a SmackDown guy and him not being around really at all, Roman has had no feuds on Raw since he uh, became a double champion earlier this year. So Raw has been left in the dark. 
but I thought Rollins, I think he could do a great job going forward of having the show revolve around him now as champion. Riddle getting a rematch with Rollins after beating him at Extreme Rules, this time for the United States Championship. Elias inadvertently costing him the championship. Ali still hot on the heels of Rollins. Um, the U.S. title picture picking up even more so than it was before. A lot of challengers coming for Seth Rollins, making that championship feel even more important than it was previously. Yeah, I love this. Uh, I think we kind of said, like, once once Triple H took over and Roman was never on Raw, like, they obviously just, like, put a huge focus on the U.S. title. Like, we're getting those vignettes and those video packages about, like, the history and stuff like that. Bobby's been booked great. He's been all over the main event or just kind of all over the show, so... Um, now that Rollins is champion, I feel like we're going to get like the next kind of wave of that. And like you said, beat Riddle here, got Ali on the wings. I think they have plenty of challengers for him as well. So I think they've done well with the United States championship. And it basically is the main title on Raw because Roman doesn't show up on Monday. So do you think this feud can work to get Ali over? Because he comes out now and gets almost no reaction. I like the guy. I think he's really talented. That's not his fault though. I think he just isn't on TV consistently enough for people to care, and I think he's gotten a raw deal from the injuries to just being benched to then being in retribution. He's, he's been kind of screwed over a few times, but I think if they really dedicate TV time to him in this feud with Rollins and chasing the championship, I think in the end, although he probably won't win the title, I think he can get over. Yeah, I mean, I think he can get over, but it's just like, I feel like once this feud's over, he'll be back to catering. So. That's the problem, yeah. you got to keep it consistent. That's the problem at the yeah. end of the day. Like, I feel like it, he could get over, but I just don't like, I don't see any longevity out of it. I just see it as a, a nice quick win for Rollins to kind of start off his first feud as a United States champion, and we'll move on, and he'll go back to being in the backstage. So, I mean, because it's just like, what do you do with him after? I, I mean, I, I, I think he's a very talented guy, but I just... The way that they booked him, the way they see him, I just—I mean, once he loses the Rollins, what does he do next? Yeah, exactly. I don't know where you go from with him from there. That's really the thing. It's all about the aftermath. What is he doing next? Who does he feud with next? Does he remain on Raw in any meaningful capacity? That's my question. We'll find out when he inevitably loses to Rollins. But I'm looking forward to that match. That that could be a great match at uh, Crown Jewel. If they book it there. The other big match on Raw they were advertising was Dexter Loomis and Miz. Now, if Dexter won, he earned officially a spot on the Raw roster, even though he's been there every week for months now. And if Miz won, Dexter would have to leave him alone. Now, what the, the stipulation, now they added stakes, making the match more meaningful, sure. How much do those stakes mean when you consider that, um, you know, Loomis isn't even really supposed to be there in storyline. So Miz saying, hey, you can't bother me anymore. What the, what the fuck does that even mean when Loomis isn't even supposed to be in the building? Regardless, the match never even happened because Miz attacked Loomis from behind, finally got one over on Dexter. And Johnny Gargano, of all people, teasing Miz, saying, listen, kind of like I know what you did last summer sort of thing, knowing, hey, listen, why don't you tell the truth as far as what actually happened with you and Dexter? So we didn't get the match. I thought that was a bait and switch. I thought that was lame. Not that I was looking forward to the match itself, but... You know, I want this feud to kind of move on here, to kind of progress. And we got that in a different way with Johnny, you know, who who was very close with Dexter in NXT, him saying, listen, I know what you did and you better come clean about it soon. Otherwise, there's going to be issues. So I thought from that standpoint, it was really cool. And I think Triple H and company are doing a great job of creating more suspense and, you know, like with the White Rabbit stuff and stuff like that, they're doing a great job of keeping you engaged from week to week not even like a wrestling show but like a fucking television show and i think that's really cool yeah i thought this was good i mean i figured once miz faked the injury that like he wasn't gonna fight 
like he faked injury originally and then yeah. he attacked Dexter here. So I, I like it. I think it's good. Like I, people have liked the Dexter stuff. I mean, I'm not his biggest fan. I mean, I'd probably bring back a lot more people than him. But I think for what they've been doing with him, it's been entertaining. Like I said with Gargano as well. Um, it's been good storytelling and uh, no, no complaints. Yeah, no, we'll see where they go with the next. I am curious to find out the reason as to why Dexter's been targeting him is. I'm sure that we'll, they'll reveal that, reveal that at some point, and I'm looking forward to that as soon as that uh, you know we find out in the not-too-distant future. So uh, time will tell on that front. But that was pretty much all from Raw. We'll talk NXT, or we'll talk Dynamite first, actually, because I want to close with NXT. I thought Tuesday's show was very good, and we'll close with Halloween Havoc, uh, Halloween Havoc predictions for Saturday night. But did you catch most of the show or just certain parts of it and going back and forth from NXT? I watched NXT first and then I watched Dynamite. Okay, so you watched the show? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you watched the whole show or just parts of it or if you heard about it or whatever. But All right, cool. Then we'll get into it then. This wasn't really as long of a show as far as stuff that happened, so we can go match by match here. Um, we had a six-man tag team title match kick off the show. Death Triangle retaining the six-man tag team titles, trio titles, whatever, against uh, Best Friends, Orange Cassidy, Beretta, Taylor. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I take it that you did not. You're not a big uh, Spot Fest trios, no tags fan. Um, knowing that, I'm curious what your take on this match was. It was a trios match in AEW. I mean, <laughs> kind of played on my phone, kind of barely watched it. I mean... I, the whole non-tagging, every guy's legal. I, I mean, I just that's just not wrestling to me, and it's just not entertaining. I don't know. It, it just it, it makes if everyone hits every move and everyone pops up for a minute, just kind of it just like ends like it just I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. No, I understand. Yeah. So I mean, I, it was what it was. Death Triangle won, which they probably should have. I mean, the best friends. I mean, at this point, they're never winning titles. So yeah. I mean, pockets has the. Uh, Atlantic title, but I mean that belt really means nothing. So it was a fine match, another trios match. I guess Trent got hurt. We'll see if anything comes out of it. I mean, the guy just got his neck fused and he's taking fucking tombstone. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, fine match. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out whether he's actually hurt or not. I've seen nothing on that at all, so I can't confirm or deny that. I just you were the first person to tell me. I really haven't dug deeper on that, so I guess. We'll find out whether that was legit or not in time. I, I enjoy the match, but I, I kind of figured it's if it's your cup of tea, you, you, you liked it. If it's not, then you didn't. So it, it's one of those sort of things. I did like Tony Storm and Akura Shida, though, for the interim women's title. Um, I thought they did a good job. I did not buy Shida at all as a legitimate challenger to Storm in the sense I didn't think she would actually win, but I thought the match itself was good. You talk about things I figured you wouldn't care about. I mean, I'm kind of with you on this one. We had Soraya come out, brawl with Britt Baker, you know, good job there, like that. Um, post-match brawl, blah, 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 blah. Out comes the returning Riho. Riho has returned to AEW, the inaugural AEW Women's World Champion. Uh, helping out Tony Storm, probably next in line for a title shot. What was your reaction, and what was your take on this? No, I thought the match between Sheeta and Storm were great. It was good, good to great. I mean, I think they're both good workers. I like Sheeta. She just hasn't been on TV forever. Uh, I like Tony Storm, so I thought it was a good match. The Soraya Britt Baker stuff. I mean, are we going to get a brawl every week? Hopefully, you get a match sooner rather than later. And then Rio coming out. I just, I honestly could care less about Rio. I mean, <laughs> her, the fact that she was like killing Jamie, like, I, Jamie Hayter should put her in a fucking trash can. I mean, I, I could care less about Rio. So her coming back, oh, oh bliss. 
you know, I will say, I mean, the crowd did react. They cared. I don't, I don't know if that was surprising or not, but she's been gone for a while. Listen, I agree with you. I really don't give a shit about Riho. I saw her come out. I'm thinking, okay, cool. I would rather see fresh faces back in the title picture. Riho is one of those cases where she was champion for a while. Not even a while. She was champion years ago for a couple of months. And she's already gotten her title shot. She faced Britt Baker earlier this year. I think she came back. I don't really remember. We really haven't seen her a hell of a whole lot in 2022. But I would rather see women that we don't really see on the show all that much be in a a spot like that. That's just me. Um, But the match itself was great, though. And I'm sure if they have a match, it'll be a good match. But it's pretty clear they're killing time until Thunder Rosa can come back. Uh, Maybe at full gear. Who knows? Maybe she'll be back in time for full gear to face Tony Storm for the Undisputed Women's Championship. Uh, The highlight of the night for me, as it was probably for most people, and what I thought was either one of, if not the best talking segment we've had all year, and if you were to make a list of AEW's best talking segments in 2022 in like a top five or ten, MJF is probably, if it's a top five and top four, and if it's a top ten, he's probably nine of them. Like, that's how many of these talking segments he's had that have been great from, whether it be Moxley, Regal here, CM Punk, on his own, Every week, coming out and killing it. This was no exception. Uh, coming out here, telling the story of how he almost got hired at WWE, which he mentioned specifically. And there's no reason to shy away from it. And I don't like the WWE references on AEW so often, uh, depending on the context. But this made sense because it was a real story. You know how Regal, long story short, Regal denied him a job there, said that he was too young. An email kind of turned MJF the wrong way and like kind of rubbed him the wrong way as far as how he read it and whatever. And he's been bitter about it ever since. The back and forth here I thought was tremendous, doing a great job of, you know, incorporating and mixing seamlessly realism with storyline. I thought that was perfect. The performances were great. The passion was there. And as far as where they go with it, you know, we can only speculate. We'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to talk about the promos itself first and your takeaways from and what you thought about this whole thing. I thought it was good. I thought the promo was really good. I liked the back and forth. Like I, like you kind of noted, I don't love like the whole WWE thing. I feel like MJF kind of, I mean, I understand it's part of his character, but I feel like he does lay into it a lot. Um, but I mean, there was a story there. I thought it was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was good all around. I texted you. I, I mean, it's not that it's set in stone, but I feel like we're kind of teasing towards an MJF like face turn, which I'm not really for right now. I mean, We'll see if that even plays out like that. But, I mean, like, he said later on the show, he's going to, like, he told them when he's going to cash in his, his uh, title match, which is obviously a very babyface thing to do. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I would keep him as a heel. I mean, I feel like he's one of the only real true heels left in the business. So, I, I'd kind of, I would literally string this out as long as you can. Um, but, I mean, seemingly we might get a babyface turn. I mean, it could be great as well, so... I thought each did great work, and I guess we'll see what happens from there. We were texting about that after the promo happened, and I asked you, like, we don't know. Well, I, I not, not asked, I said, I was like, we don't know where it's going, so I don't want to fully judge it. But I think, ultimately, we'll talk about the long-term, like, babyface thing in a second, but as far as, like, what they accomplished here, I thought was fucking great. Like, not only the delivery and the chemistry they had and whatever, I thought that was all awesome, but, like, what it accomplished. Because like you said, with Regal kind of pushing MJF's buttons and saying, listen, I never did it this way. Anyone in the ring was fair game. Otherwise, I would never, you know, push or punch someone like Tony Schiavone, blah, blah, blah. He was an ordinarily decent villain is what he called himself. That whole thing was great. You know, I thought what they did here with Regal kind of goading MJF 
into cashing in his chip, not opportunistically, but announcing it ahead of time, I thought was brilliant. Because we always kind of figure, there really is no full gear main event that makes as much sense as Moxley versus MJF at this current point for the world championship. That's our main event. That's what we're getting. But MJF has been saying since he won the damn chip about a month and a half ago, oh, I'm going to cash in on my time. I'll do it when you don't see it coming like a fucking Money in the Bank briefcase. If he's been saying that, why would he all of a sudden turn around and say, you know what, I'm going to cash it in and announce it in advance for two weeks from now? That doesn't make any sense. But he was goaded into doing that because Regal wanted him to do the opposite. Regal was like, listen, you're not man enough to announce it in advance. You have that chip, you can cash in whatever you want. You're not man enough to do that. I wouldn't do that when I was in your shoes 30 years ago, blah, blah, blah. The way they executed that was great. Into booking that main event for full gear in advance. I think that's tremendous. Because I don't even really want to see MJF cashing on, on a on a whim. I think having him announce it ahead of time and doing the actual match, and do I think he's going to win? Uh, uh, yeah, I would fucking hope so. I mean, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, <laughs> I was going to say, you're like, <laughs> oh, it's great I did. Uh, like, obviously, it's great for the Bayface to get him to do that. But if he lost, he looked like the biggest idiot of all time. <laughs> well, well, the, no, it's like if he lost, he looked like a moron. Oh, 100, he would absolutely look like a moron. But I don't think that we're going to get to that point for a few different reasons. One, MJF is the hottest thing in all of wrestling. I love the bloodline. Sami Zayn, you could probably make an argument for. You can make an argument for Roman. MJF on the weekly on a weekly basis, makes me want to watch this show more than... I love Raw and SmackDown. I think Raw and SmackDown are just objectively better shows than Dynamite right now. Maybe not objectively, but subjectively, obviously. But I think MJF makes me want to watch Dynamite more than any one person makes me want to watch Raw or SmackDown, if that makes sense. He's been fucking killing it right now. This promo was one of my favorites he's probably ever done easily. And having, having him lose, regardless of how it happens, would be dumb. Like you said, it would make him look foolish. The second thing would be if they were to do that. I'm overanalyzing here because I don't think it's going to happen. But the other issue with it, if it were to happen, is where do you go from there? MJF loses. Who's left for Moxley? The answer is nobody. That's another issue. The third issue is Moxley, I think, is supposed to take time off anyway. He was supposed to take time off after All Out. We had children acting like children. So they got suspended. They're gone. He's filling in for them. He didn't take his vacation. I still think he's supposed to take time off at some point. This was never said. This is my own speculation. And I assume it takes place after full gear. I assume Tony Khan said, Hey, pal, why don't you stick around for a couple more months? Let's get the belt off of you by giving it to MJF. That makes sense to me. So I think that's where we're headed. And I don't think we're headed for a babyface MJF right now. Ultimately, yeah, I texted you. I said, a babyface MJF. And when I say babyface MJF, I'm not talking about... Kissing babies and hugging fat girls, as Batista would say. I'm talking... (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking tweener MJF as champion. I'm talking like, you know, current MJF just targeting heels. I think that's a money MJF versus a heel CM Punk, assuming he comes back, which we're not 100% sure if he is or not. I think that works. The thing with that, though, I would not do that for a very long time. Probably, I mean, Punk's not going to be back anytime soon anyway. I would not do that for another six to nine months, if not after that. Um, we got a while to go. I would not have him beat Moxley and then he shakes his hand and then we got a new baby face in MJF. They don't even have any real top heels on AEW. They need MJF in that role. I think planting the seed for something so much further down the road and again, keeping him as a clear cut baby face, I think would be stupid. I don't think he's going to do that. But would you say putting him in a tweener-esque role where he's targeting heels much further down the road, does that change your mind at all? Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, depends on who the heels are. They don't really have any good ones, so 
Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm talking down the road. Hopefully, no, they would yeah, build yeah, up a couple. Yeah, I mean, yeah. depending on who it is, yeah, I guess. I, hey, when the time comes, ask me. <laughs> what my 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 long spiel here, a long way of answering your question, which I know I'm known for. My answer for you would be this: I don't think it's happening right now. So what they're doing with the whole Stokely thing, him teasing tension with the firm, which is fucking ridiculous. I mean, he just created the damn group, but like that whole thing, at least. At least they're planting the seeds for something that's much further down the road. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And he, he turns out, he's like, hey, guys, I love you all, and all this other shit. I think that'd be fucking dumb. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him as champion. So, yeah, he's just he's just incredible. I thought there was another point I was going to make on MGF's, uh, on his end. But I don't know, just the storytelling there, the realism, the character, you know, development, the arc there. It's just, it's money. It's money. I don't think he's losing to Moxley. I don't think he should. Uh, the Adam Page injury wasn't fortunate, though. I thought the match before the injury happened was good. What, do you, what were your thoughts on that? No, I thought it was a fun match. I mean, I think they're... I mean, Moxley bleeding is not my favorite, but we get that every match anyway. So, um, but no, I, I like Adam Page a lot. I think he's great in the ring. I mean, his character work has been kind of iffy lately, but I thought this was a good match, and before he got concussed, I thought it was a good match. And, I mean... The aftermath at first was kind of shoddy. I mean, luckily, MGF and Moxley are good enough that they could kind of improvise and get something out of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of my takeaway. like, glad he's okay. I think he was, like, released in the hospital with a concussion. But definitely a, a sour way to end the show. Obviously, they set up full gear. and Maybe they're going to wait till next week to kind of do it. Yeah, that's that was, what I thought, yeah. yeah. But I thought for what, for what the circumstances were, I thought they did – pretty well i would have probably waited i mean we had no idea if adam page was fucking paralyzed or we really mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on so I, I would have waited but for what they did moxley and mjf pulled it off well yeah no i thought they did a, as good of a job as they probably could have of uh you know making up for the fact that someone just got hurt and they had th- th- thankfully they had 10 minutes left and it wasn't like 20 or 30 that would have been a problem even more of a problem than they had last night uh they made the most of it hopefully he's okay as you mentioned just now and earlier in the show, I think he was diagnosed with a concussion. Um, AEW put that out themselves. They're very quiet with injuries, which is, to me, fucking weird. Um, WWE, not to say they're very open about it, but if someone's hurt, we kind of know immediately, oh, this person's off TV for that reason. We don't know where Miro is, if he's hurt. Adam Cole, we know he's hurt, but we don't know how serious because he's been off the show for many many months he actually turned on the elite he turned on the box and then we haven't (laughs) he's been gone long enough to where one of the people in that segment is no longer there in bobby fish now wrestling in front of 150 people at impact taping so that's how long it's been since we last saw adam cole on tv and we just don't have an update at all so um hopefully he'll do okay but yeah overall i thought it was a great show did you have any thoughts on the jericho dalton castle match for the ring of honor world championship because i'm liking the whole you know, I, I understand people not giving a shit because it's Ring of Honor. It's not going to appeal to the mainstream audience. Apparently, we are one step closer to getting a Ring of Honor show. I think that's great. And uh, I do think the whole Ring of Honor bringing back former champions thing, Jerry, Jerry, I'm going to Jerry Lawler. Thank fucking God he's not in the AEW. But Jerry Lynn got attacked last night. I don't know if he's having a match. I don't think so. He's been retired for almost a decade now. Probably not. Um, but that, I don't know. I'm digging it. I thought the Dalton Castle match was good, though. I skipped it. Skipped it? Why? I, I lost a lot about the Jericho ROH shit. I mean, to me, I don't care. Like, well, I, no, I, I don't blame I, you. If you I don't care, you don't care. I didn't fully skip it. I actually watched until the guys that are with Dalton Castle, like, fake hit fucking stupid-ass Jake Hager, 
and he was too worried about putting his stupid bucket hat back on, and then I skipped the rest of it. <laughs> Are you going to care when they open the forbidden door and bring in uh, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins to contend for the Ring of Honor World Championship? No, I won't. <laughs> you won't care even then. Wow. Uh, I will mention this before we close out with NXT thoughts. Uh, Jericho is sticking around in AEW for another three years, resigning yesterday. And again, you could say what you want about Jericho. Um, his stuff in AEW has been very hit or miss. The inner circle stuff ran its course. I hate the Jericho Appreciation Society. I know you do as well. The Daniel Garcia stuff has been fine with me. Uh, for the I, fa- I hate the fact that he turned heel again, but yeah, whatever. Um, I know they want to prolong it as long as possible, which is AEW's biggest problem. But, uh, you know, listen, he's been a 10-pole performer for that company, specifically behind the scenes. He's been an anchor back there, especially in light of all the drama lately. The guy's a professional, so I'm honestly a little surprised that he resigned. Uh, you know, he sees the turmoil. I could see him going back to WWE. But listen, he was also a Vince McMahon guy. Not to say he's not a Triple H guy, but he was, uh, you know, he loved going back to Vince, and Vince ain't there anymore. So maybe that played a factor in his decision, knowing he's definitely going to get more creative freedom in AEW and more opportunities to do whatever he wants. Uh, regardless, though, I, I thought that was a good signing. I want to get your thoughts on uh, Jericho staying with AEW. Yeah, I mean, it was their biggest play, one of their biggest players, probably their biggest player off the bat. I mean, he was the most recognizable person that you could start a new company with at that time. I mean, even with the Bucks and Cody and all them, I mean, he is a bigger name than all of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. More people Chris Jericho is. Um, I mean, for if, if Tony's happy with all the JAS and, and all that stuff, then yeah, I mean, I, I'd re-sign him too. And then, like you said, he does stuff backstage. I hope he's not telling them to to form bad groups and do bad comedy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, I think he is like their biggest star. I mean, I think even with bringing in Brian and Moxley, I still think at the end of the day, him and Punk are the two biggest names, and Punk's not even on TV right now. So uh, I would keep Jericho. I think if they lost him, not that it would hurt the product or anything, but like you'd lose your your one huge star that, that you really have right now. Oh, yeah, it would just be a big black eye for AEW in light of everything else going on right now with the Elite and with Punk and whatever. Uh, they needed someone like Jericho to resign, so that's a good pickup for them in addition to, and I talked to this last week after I hung up on you, but uh, John Moxley. I mean, John Moxley also sticking around for five years. Um, I know he's been doing a lot of the... I think the best part, I think we can agree on this. I know you're not the biggest Moxley fan, but I think we can agree, though. I think in the contract, it specifically stated AEW exclusively and New Japan as well, which means no GCW, you know, that, that indie crap. I mean, indie, the indies are fine for Moxley, but, like, the GCW stuff specifically, from what I've seen, has been absolutely awful. So if he's going to be stopping doing that stuff going forward, I think that's a positive. I actually like when he does that because then I can shit on him. So I'm kind of <laughs> upset that he's not be doing that anymore. I'm assuming his wife getting a contract was probably in that extension as sure. well. So yeah. I uh, saw Renee last week and this week. I mean, I thought she'd probably be on the in the booth, but I guess she'll just be a, a backstage backstage announcer. I guess less of uh, Barb Brady the better. So can't complain there. Um, but no, I, I, like you said, Moxley re-signing as well. I mean, he's probably been their most consistent player lately. So. Signing him was probably a must. That was a key. Yeah, no, um, I like the fact that she's not on commentary. Her commentary, not that she's awful, but she's just not... I just I just don't think she was a good fit for commentary a couple of years ago. They gave it a shot. She was there for a year. Didn't work out. They tried. They moved on. All right, good call. Um, you know, I think having her in the interview role is great. And, I mean, I was saying this with Alexis a week or two ago. It is surpri- It is honestly stunning to me. It's, we've been doing this for three years now with AEW. 
How the hell is Alex Marvez still there? I mean, I don't even really care too much for Lexi Nair or whatever her name is. Having Alex Marvez as the lead interviewer still in 2022, I know he's a nice guy and all, but the guy's just not that good. He's friends with Tony. Yeah, I just, I, you would think they would have put him in yet another role in the company as opposed to keeping him in an on air position, which he's not meant for. It's like, like, that's like you see him fucking me there. Like, I'm not meant to be on camera. He is not meant to be on camera. He's a good writer, from my, what I understand. He's a journalist and stuff. He does radio. That's like Dave Melcher being over there. Like, eh, you know, no, no knock on Dave, but I don't, I don't know if he's much of a camera guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Marvez is just, like you said, not on camera is like an understatement. He's just so awkward. Yes, I mean, obviously they probably script him, but like, sure. not like he ever asked anything entertaining. Like, it's just kind of there. I mean, I, I honestly, if I was them, I, I would, I would just make Shivani the, uh, the lead interviewer. Like him on commentary, he literally brings a lit. Nothing is an understatement. He doesn't say anything <laughs> that's interesting. He just talks about how fun it is to be there and just yells out random stuff. So if it was me, I would just put Shivani as the head announcer. Yeah, and then you. Have- you said, like, have Renee and maybe a couple other people fill in, but, I mean, I, I would have got rid of Marvez a while ago. Yeah, I'm surprised he's still there. As far as, at least in that role, I would have, uh, you know, repositioned him somewhere else in the company. But at least we have Renee, though. I think she's great in that role. Um, we'll talk briefly NXT as we wind down here. Uh, we won't go do a match-by-match review, but thoughts on last night's very main roster-heavy edition of NXT. Shinsuke Nakamura popping up, Theory showing up at the end of the show, teasing a cash-in. Uh, no thanks, but I think the, the tease is cool. I know you hated it. Um, but, you know, we saw Theory at the end of the show. Shotzi is the uh, host for Halloween Havoc. I think that's very cool for Saturday. A lot of people. We had the OC on the show. They had Raquel. They had Rhea. I thought I was watching Raw for a moment. But you know, my biggest problem with stuff like that, I said this to you as you know before we went live, I thought it was a great show. I thought it was very good. But here's the problem. If you need to rely that much on main roster people to have a good show, then your show is probably just not that good. And I don't think NXT is awful by any means. I've said this before. I think most weeks their their product is fine. But, like, when the focus isn't really on the people that you have on your show and it's more so on the people that you're bringing in, it's just you need to reevaluate. So I love Sean. I think what they've done with NXT has been a lot more encouraging lately. But I do think they need to kind of cool on the main roster stuff. Because at that point, you're just going to watch the show to see who's going to pop up from Raw or SmackDown and not really focus on the talent they have currently or the current storylines. Yeah, I mean, I think last night was more main roster heavy, just the counter-program at AEW. True, yeah. I mean, I don't think we're getting that every week, and I don't expect it to continue like that. I mean, I just, I mean, mean, it's smart. I mean, I understand why they did it, but I think that's why they did it. I don't think it's going to be a weekly thing. Yeah, it probably takes away. If it kept going on, yeah, I think it would be a more, a more like detrimental thing to to NXT. But I mean, like I said, I think it was more of a, hey, they're going to be against us this night. Let's put main roster people on just the counter program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's good. I think, like you said, they do need to build more stars. I think they did focus around a lot of them last night that were in NXT. So I thought Roxanne and and Rhea was a great opener. I Very mean, good. Yeah. One of the better women's matches I've seen on NXT in a while, so good for them. And I, I, I like Stax and, and Shinsuke. I mean, I don't think Stax is going to go anywhere, but I thought it was a good more match. <laughs> but a little bit as well. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I think what else is on there? The OC and them. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the whole Gacy clan, but, I mean, it was a fine match for what it was. I mean, yeah. 
OC said they were never going back to WWE, and they're back on NXT. So I think <laughs> it's all about the money, pal. I like the fact that it's a shoe. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, Raquel and Core was just kind of there. I mean, I wish it was going to be better, but it's just a, a fine match. And like you said, end of the show, we got the KO show, which was a great build up for Saturday. And yep. I mean, Theory possibly cashing it in, doing it. I am so out on and all of it. You know. You're, People are like, oh my god, I'd love this team as NXT champion. What, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> back, like, For a third time? He's already been there twice. <laughs> he's been there twice. No thanks. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's like, no. I did like, no. If you can't find anything to do with him on the main roster, then you need to fucking reevaluate your booking. I he agree. Cash right now, anyways. He still has a, like, six months. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I'm hoping it was just like just to tease it because he's why he lives in Orlando. I'm assuming, and that's where it is. And he was down there anyways. I mean, I'm assuming that's why the said people on the show were down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, no, 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 no. Do not have him cash in. That is the especially if he loses. That'd be even dumber. <laughs> Could you imagine like, him losing to Braun Breaker? <laughs> no, don't no. no I mean, no, I can't no. imagine I that actually. Like he was just a United States champion. He had a good thing going. He's barely been on the show. Like, he wasn't even on Raw on, on Monday. Like, no. No, no, no. He's been in NXT twice already. He's on the main roster. No. There's way more people you should be bringing out in NXT than him. Why don't you just book the guy correctly? Because they can't because they he has the dumb briefcase on him and they think that he has to lose every fucking match. It, it, I honestly, we need to do, like, a full investigation of what's in that case and if it was, like cursed by like a mummy or something is holding that thing just does no one any favors i mean you can go down the list of how many people this has happened to in the last 15 years and theory is no exception doesn't matter if we have an old 75 year old man running the show or triple h it seems like whoever holds that briefcase is fucked to uh just continue losing and with the women if you win that briefcase i'm pretty sure there's a secret clause if you look very at the, the bottom of the contract got to put on your glasses. I think it says at the very bottom, you must cash in within 24 hours. Because we haven't seen a single woman hold on to it for more than a day for the last four years now. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, yeah. I I just don't even want to, I don't even want to think about him cashing in, honestly. It just, I like the tease. I don't think he will, and I don't think he should, though. I, I like agree. The I like the tease if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But and, we'll see. I mean... Find a better way to book them. Like you said, like, guys, no, I understand probably it wasn't the smartest idea to have him, like, basically feud with all these people that are, like, being repackaged or re-debuting. Like, they have him against Owens immediately. Like, Owens is kind of like, I mean, he hasn't been on Raw, like, he wasn't on Raw on Monday, but, like, they were kind of, like, switching him back to, like, the NXT Kevin Owens. So you have him beat Theory. Okay, whatever. Then you bring Gargano back, and then you have him beat Theory there. It's like, can you have him win a fucking match that matters? Like, or make him win something. Like, he has the briefcase. Do something. I just feel like they can't think of, like, any feud or storyline for him. They say, oh, he has the briefcase, so we'll just have him have the briefcase and lose. But it just, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just stupid. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't know. They need to do a better job of prioritizing that briefcase because when he does cash in at some point, hopefully for the world title, which I don't think should be anytime soon, I think Triple H shares the mentality that he should not cash in anytime soon, but you got to have a win in the meantime. At least one or two matches here and there. I mean, the guy gets pinned every week. I don't know. I just don't understand that. But let's talk about NXT as we wind down here as far as Halloween Havoc goes. Um, this card for Saturday night, 
has some good matches on there. I'm looking forward to the show. Spin the wheel, make a deal, according to Chucky. I mean, he was the one that gave this match the uh, stipulation. Apollo Crews and Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller won the first one a couple of weeks ago. I assume Apollo uh, with his two, you know, what is he, blind in both eyes now? I forgot what the gimmick is, but I think Apollo Crews wins here. Yeah, Apollo's going to win here. I mean, if we're going to bring him down to NXT, I'm assuming he would do something a note, unless he's just building people up. And well, I mean, he was it, supposed to face Braun at some point, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought so. So, I mean, I would have him win here. I like Waller, but, I mean, like I said, unless Apollo's going down there just to job out the people, he'd he still need a win to be credible. So, I, I would have him win here. It's going to be some kind of gimmick match. Waller can, Waller can lose. Yeah. Julius Creed, Damon Kemp, a few that's actually exceeded my expectations within Diamond Mine. Uh, it's going to be an ambulance match, and if Julius loses, Brutus will have to leave NXT, his tag team partner. And if uh, he wins, I think Damon, or wait, if Julius loses, Brutus is gone. I think also if he loses, Damon gets another match. I don't know, something along the lines where, or, oh no, if Julius wins, I'm sorry, okay, I fucked it up. If Julius wins... <laughs> If Julius wins, then Brutus gets a match with Damon. That does not say that here on the card, but I remember that being made official a couple of weeks ago. That is what the case is. Um, I, like I said, I like this. Damon Kemp has showed a lot of improvement. I like the Creed brothers a lot. I don't think the Creed brothers are breaking up and Brutus is leaving NXT, so I think uh, Julius Creed wins this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is way more interesting than it honestly deserves to be. Yeah, I, I agree, mean, I like yeah. Creed brothers, I like Don't, don't Kemp, like you said, but or Damon Kemp, I just, I mean... This should not be as intriguing as it is, so good for them. I mean, they're not breaking them up, so Julius wins there. Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade, the rematch from Heat Wave this time. Again, another spin-the-wheel-make-the-deal match. We found out, I think, from Chucky again from a couple of weeks ago, uh, Weapons Wild match. I think it's just a basic no-DQ match, and you can use whatever weapons you want, I would assume. Uh, Cora won the first one. I think Roxanne needs a win. I mean, she lost the tag title. She lost to Mandy Rose. She lost to Cora. I think she needs to win this one. I think she will, and... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to both where both women go coming out of this because I think they have bright futures in NXT and beyond. But I have Roxanne winning here. Yeah, I think you kind of need Roxanne to win here. Um, I mean, it's not like Core can't win, but, I mean, she did lose. Like you said, lost to Manny Rose, lost to Tag Titles, lost to Core last time. I mean, we all like to, if you lose a lot, you're a loser. Yeah. If loses again, I mean, she's getting in that Neville loser territory. Yeah. Yeah, lost to Rhea on Tuesday, too. So, no, I think she needs to win this one. I think she will. Unless we get something with her on the main roster in the near future, which I would just keep down actually a little bit longer. Yeah. So, I have Roxanne winning. I agree. Uh, Mandy Rose, Alba Fire for the NXT Women's Championship. I mean, you talk about losing. Alba Fire has been largely protected on NXT. The thing with this, though, is that she's already, as people have probably forgotten, because it was back when she was Kaylee Ray, she's already gotten two title shots in the time that Mandy Rose has been champion. One, I think, at the New Year's Evil show, or I think it was Vengeance Day, and she lost. And she was also in that four-way at Stand and Deliver, and she lost there, too. So she's lost twice already to Mandy. I don't think this is any different. The feud just doesn't feel hot enough for her to win. I, I love Kaylee Ray, Alba Fire, whatever. I think she's great. Would love for her to be the one to end Mandy Rose's reign. It doesn't feel like it's been a year. I mean, it's been a year literally since Mandy Rose became champ at Halloween Havoc 2021. This doesn't this doesn't feel like it's it. It feels like a filler feud. Would be happy if she won. Don't think she is. I still fucking hate that I'm I'm on this mindset that Nikita Lyons will be the one to take the title from her. I know she's going for the tag titles next week. That doesn't mean she can face Mandy at some point. I hate that I'm even saying that, but I think Alba loses here bottom line and Mandy retains. I I mean, I love Kaylee Ray. 
like I'm not calling her by that dumb name. So <laughs> I, I do like her a lot. I think she's great. I just don't see her beating Mandy here, no. unfortunately. I mean, I'm a Mark, as they all are. If this was like Becky Lynch, I'd probably just say her just because I can, but I, I just, I don't know. Like you said, it's just the feud really hasn't really been there. I mean, it's if 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 she won, I mean, I I'd go nuts. But I just, I just, I just don't the, the way that's been going. I just don't see her winning here. Um, so I'm gonna go with Mandy again, and I pray to God that Nikita Lyons isn't the one that beat her because she is awful. No, she's not good at all. Uh, that's why I think the tag team division is the right place for her. But even there, I don't know. I don't really want to see her and Zoe Stark being the ones to beat, you know, uh, Casey and Caden for the uh, tag title. So we'll see how that goes next Tuesday on the show. Uh, ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. you got Carmelo Hayes, the former champion, of course, or El Mensa, the former Oliver Carter from NXT UK, Wesley, Von Wagner, and Nathan Frazier. Um, I actually really like Frazier. He won that best of three series with uh, Axiom. I think he's great. I would love if he won. Don't think he is. He's, listen, I would love if he won, but, like, been there, done that. The guy's reached his peak as North American champion. It's time to move on to the main title or move on to the main roster. So I don't really want to see him win. Uh, Mensa, it's too soon. Von Wagner. All right, Wesley. Um, I think Wesley's tremendous. I would just give him the championship. I think it's it's his time. Von Wagner, just no comment. But uh, Wesley is great, and I would just give him the championship. What about you? I was going to say, I, 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 don't, it's, I feel like Wesley's like kind of like, not the shoe-in, but I feel like people, like, he's a favorite, I would say. I don't know. I kind of do like Oro Mensa a lot. I think he's great. I, like you said, I do think it's a little too early for him. I'm going to go with Lee. I mean, it's not sexy at all. I like Frazier, like you said. I, yeah, I'll go with Lee. I'll say my dark horse of Mensa. I really like him a lot. I think he has a bright future. He is good, yeah. So I'll say I think Wesley's going to win, um, but my, my dark horse is Mensa. Yeah, I could see him maybe pulling out the win. Him and Carmelo are feuding anyway, so whoever wins, I could see getting a match with Carmelo. Carmelo loses to them, whatever, to put him over. I could see that. Wes was supposed to get the title shot before Solo won it last month, which is why I'm picking him. It's, it's pretty you know obvious, I think, but they could always swerve us. Anyone but Von fucking Wagner, I think we can agree. Yeah, I didn't even mention him because he's terrible. <laughs> Braun Breaker, Ilya Dragunov, JD McDonough, NXT Championship. Honestly, pretty likely we get a title change here. I could, They're very high in McDonough. Like, why would they put him in this match if he already lost to Braun a month or two ago? I mean, you could have just done Braun and Ilya. Um, I don't know, man. I think Braun retains, but I would not be shocked if we got it. I would love if Ilya became champion. I think it's going to be Braun, but I could see a scenario where it could be JD. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, with McDonough being on it, like you said, I just feel like he just lost the bronze, so why would he get a rematch anyways? But uh, Maybe just to get pinned? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, like you said, like Ilya could pin him, and then Braun never got pinned. Yep. Um, I feel like the problem if you do that, though, I feel like we already saw that when he lost the championship the first time back in March when Ziggler pinned Ciampa. Like, we've already done that, so that's why I wouldn't do that again. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, the way that they teased it on Saturday, you could have Ilya win and Theory cash it in, and I'd fucking jump out a window. So, <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen. Like you said, um, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Ilya winning. Ilya, you think, is going to win? I think Ilya wins. Yeah, I think he beats JD. Okay. All right. Ilya, new and champion. And Theory does not cash in. 
No, the thing is, I think if Theory were to cash in, if you really want to shock people, I think he would have just cashed in and not teased it, you know? That's why I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. I I mean, I hope not. I really do. I'm not speaking as a certainty, but I'm just saying out of hope that I really hope they don't do that. I feel like that would be very, very dumb. I feel like it would be more of a demotion for him than it would be a promotion for the title or the brand, so uh, hopefully that's not the case. But that's Halloween Havoc in a nutshell for Saturday. Looking forward to that show. We will be back next Friday, like I said, because uh, next Thursday will not be in the state. I will be across the country, Mr. Marceau, three hours behind you before you head to Disney in a couple of weeks. So I look forward to doing the show with you next Friday, um, a couple days right before Halloween for our Halloween special episode. So that should be great. Until then, Mr. Marceau, new episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. New episodes every single Thursday and Friday, I guess, next week. And, um, yeah, you can catch myself on Twitter at WrestleRant, Mr. Marceau, at RJ underscore Marceau. This has been great, brother. I'll catch you next week. See you later, man. See you, brother. See you, brother.